What's going on, everybody? And thank you for joining me on the Wyman Podcast. Yes, I am back. Back, uh, maybe not better than ever, but definitely back. Um, back here on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple, on Anchor, which I record all my episodes on. I know you guys love that. Love that stuff. Um, big, big, huge episode of the... Uh, Wyman podcast here. I just got caught up in life a little bit for about a month. Had to take the nut to about a little over a month off. I think the last episode I did was the King of the Ring, King of the Ring prediction, and um, I don't want to toot my own horn, but yes, I did predict Baron Corbin would win, and yes, I am right. Thank you, thank you. Um, pretty predictable, if you ask me. Uh, just a one big note from the King of the Ring, or two, or three. Okay, I like the thing they did with Chad Gable. He, he, you know, great push for Chad Gable. Awesome. Second thing is, uh, I think Baron Corbin was the obvious pick. It's always, usually always a heel. They're trying to get real heat on with that. You know, you're not going to put a title on Baron Corbin, obviously, anytime soon. So, you know, almost better than having a title because he can never lose the King of the Ring um, moniker, I guess. Or, you know, he'll, he'll always be a King of the Ring now. So, until there's a new King of the Ring, which it, it, even if they do it again, it's going to be a whole year. But, you know, like the money in the bank, he lost. You know, even if you win the title, eventually you're going to lose it to somebody else. But this King of the Ring really, really uh, cements Baron Corbin. And he's going to be running around with that crown on his fucking bald head. Looking like a fucking goof, he looks like, with that crown. And it's awesome. He loves it. He knows he looks like a goof. He's doing, you know, it's heat, guys. It is natural heat, man. You know, he took a few weeks off after that, you know, four or five month run he had with him and Seth. And Seth just beat him all along the way, which is cool, whatever. But now Baron Corbin comes back about, I think he was off TV for about three or four weeks, whatever it was. Comes out and gets the win, um, which I love. I think they they made the right call. You know, everybody's saying it should have been Kevin Owens or, you know, uh, Shelton Benjamin or, you know, guys, stop. The, the best thing... The best person that could have used that the most was Baron Corbin. Now, the third thing that I didn't like was, speaking of Kevin Owens, was how he was eliminated so early. Um, you know, I, I get it, they're doing the Shane thing, and he fought Elias, but I think it would have meant more if Shane would have had uh, helped Baron Corbin in the finals to beat KO instead of just having Elias beat him in the first round, and Elias went on and like did the job to somebody else. And then Shane got involved. It was just like, it was weird on the SmackDown side of things. But the Raw side was pretty good, I thought. Um, so that's it. Baron Corbin, I just want to touch on that real quick because I've been away for so long. And my last show was the King of the Ring prediction. And uh, I did have Baron Corbin winning it. And I think, I believe I had KO representing SmackDown in the finals. And then I thought they would have did the Shane, uh, you know, screwing KO out of it the finals which I think it would have meant a whole lot more than just uh first round first round knockout but you know it's over and done with what are you gonna do all right real reason we're here today guys Wyman wheelhouse yes Wyman wheelhouse number six I took to the twitters the twitter sphere uh tweeted out back from the dead with the classic undertaker gif Heidenreich opening the casket Classic stuff there. 
good old uh, Heidenreich Undertaker rivalry. Ooh, that was some bad shit. That was terrible. But um, the gift works. So I used it, and I said, back from the dead, hashtag wrestling community helped me ease back into my podcast with a nice and easy hashtag Wyman Wheelhouse. Yes, indeed. Uh, comment or DM your questions about anything, all caps, wrestling related, and I'll be sure to answer while shouting out your Twitter handle. So again, go follow me, guys, at Wyman Podcast, one on Twitter. That's where I do all my major uh, promotions, the Wyman Wheelhouses and the polls and this and that. That's where I do all my stuff at, um, right there, at Wyman Podcast 1 on Twitter. And I'm trying to pull the tweets up. Okay, now I got them rolling. So the first one comes in from a good friend of the show. I believe I had him on before, Aussie Lucian Blogs and Podcast. Uh, go follow them. Great guys, at Aussie Lucian. That's A-U-S-S-I-E, like Aussie, like from Australia. Aussie Lucian, A-U-S-S-I-E-L-U-T-I-O-N. At Aussie Lucian says, How do you feel about all the current network changes for all the wrestling companies? Who got the best and the worst end of these deals? Which company is the Dark Horse going through their into their new network deal? Now, I couldn't, um, I'm not really sure what he meant by I don't know if he's talking money or years, but I did some, you know, a little digging. Not sure if these numbers are right, guys. None of these numbers are ever, I don't want to say are believable, but none of these numbers are ever, I don't think, ever really official. Um, but I couldn't find the number. Obviously, AEW coming on TNT on the second Wednesday night. I couldn't find the number for them, which I'm sure they had at least a three year deal, if not more. I'm sure they had at least that. Um, Raw, I did find Raw got a five-year deal to stay on USA for about $2.3 billion, I think was the number. Now, like, like I said, that's a huge number, so I don't know if that's right, but it is over five years. So, um, you know, and that's weekly programming again, a three-hour show every night, Monday night, prime time. So, you know, would that shock me to be the price for a five-year, uh, three-hour prime time show, the magnitude of Raw? No, I, I wouldn't be shocked. And as far as the SmackDown going to Fox, the Friday night Fox, SmackDown, Fox on Friday night, whatever the hell it's called, they reportedly also got a five-year deal worth a billion dollars for SmackDown. So you put it together, the next five years, two shows, uh, WWE is making, according to these websites I'm reading, it's not dirt sheets, I was looking on like Forbes and like New York Post, like I was looking at like newspapers and shit. I'm not going to go to fucking, you know, the Observer, Sideline, Reporter, whatever it's called. So, over the next five years, two shows, WWE gets $3.3 billion. Um, if those numbers are true, saying that Fox got SmackDown for five years for about half the price is raw, which could be true because, like, you know, SmackDown's a two-hour show. It's on a Friday night, which isn't a huge night for TV because... Um, you know, Friday night, people go out, people are watching college football, people are watching NBA when it's on, uh, people are just um, not sitting in front of a TV, they're going to the movies, they're going to dinner, you know, they're, they're doing stuff, you know, it's Friday night, they're doing stuff, they're outside grilling or uh, fire pits or, you know, doing whatever, uh, fishing, um, so, 
you know, Friday nights aren't as big as a spot, especially two hours on Friday night. I don't think is a uh, big of a spot still as a Monday night, three hours on a USA. Now, um, now Fox is also supposedly getting an FS1 show. Like there's going to be a uh, an underlying, I guess, like a talk show sort of thing they're going to have. I heard like Booker T was in the running for it and uh, Taz. Um, dang, I can't remember who the, the female was. I know there was a female kind of like host. I'm assuming it's going to be like that show, uh, First Things First in the morning. They're just going to kind of have like analysts and, you know, former pro wrestlers or former commentators, you know, just former guys from the business talking about, you know, the events of wrestling every week, which I assume is what's going to be. It's supposed to be on FS1, and FS1 has a lot of those talk shows like you see uh, Skip and Shannon, First Things First, The Herd. Um, you know, they basically have a whole day full of talk shows on FS1. So I'm assuming that's also going to be um, in the SmackDown package, just like I'm assuming the NXT, uh, you know, recently premiering on USA is in the Raw package. So maybe, you know, it says 2.3 is a lot of money, but, you know, you got to think you're getting three hours of Raw on Monday, like I said, and you're also getting the, now you're getting at least an hour, which is soon going to be two hours of NXT on Wednesdays. So, you know, the next five years, your Mondays and your Wednesdays, prime time are set, and they're going to draw huge audiences, huge numbers. Um, maybe not NXT so much because they're competing with AEW on Wednesdays, but still, I'm sure Raw and uh, NXT are going to be the two highest, show, highest rated shows on USA. I mean, if not, then, uh, you know, I don't really know what else USA has um, that can compete with those kind of ratings they get. Which is, I'm sure, why USA didn't want to lose Raw. Um, but, like I said, I couldn't find a number for AEW. So, just ba just based off the numbers, uh, it's hard to say. But I, I'd probably have to say Fox. Just because, like I said, they got SmackDown for five years, a billion dollars. Okay. But now, if you're going to throw an extra programming, say, on a Tuesday or a Thursday, an extra show on the FS1, so you're getting more eyeballs for your... Uh, you know, like I said, your other talk shows, you can run your more undisputed commercials and first things first commercials. And then, you know, you got wrestling fans sitting there like, oh, you know, damn, I didn't know, I didn't know they had a talk show that early in the morning. I, you know, maybe I'll get on and check out first things first or, uh, oh shit, I didn't know those guys were playing on Thursday night. Oh, that game's on Fox. Yeah, I'll go check that out, uh, you know, Thursday night. So it's all about just getting the eyeballs on the product to, to advertise your next thing. Um. You know, obviously, you still want to do a good rating for the show itself, um, you know, for other advertisers and shit like that. But when it comes to Fox, they also want to push out their, their Thursday night footballs and their talk shows on FS1 and, um, you know, their 911 shows and all those shows on Fox that they do. So I think Fox got the better deal just because, you know, they're both five years and he got them for half the price. Um, and he got two shows, you know, Raw, you know, obviously, USA has Raw and. And NXT, which are more wrestling-based, but... Uh, shit, man. I don't know. I have to go with Fox on that one. I, I think they're kind of testing the waters here and seeing if it's going to be a long relationship um, going forward. And as far as which company is a dark horse going into their new network deal... Um, man. I, I would have to say... I don't want to say AEW is a dark horse, but I just don't know. 
I think a lot of people are wanting to succeed, but a lot of people are also like expecting it to fail just because it looks so much like fucking Nitro and uh, WCW, and it's on TNT and it starts at eight o'clock. You know, not it's not on Mondays, so I I guess that kind of helps it. But I don't know, man. It just looks so much like fucking WCW. It's like damn, like some people are like waiting for him to fail. I'm not because I like a lot of you know I like Jericho and uh, Cody and Omega and you know. I, shit ton of guys over there that I, that I like to watch. I've watched all their, um, you know, the all-ins and the all-outs and the fighter fest, double or nothing, you know, I, I loved all that stuff. Um, but I think there's just so many people rooting for it to fail or expecting it to fail, um, which I think still makes AEW the dark horse. When you're talking these numbers, I mean, people are saying, oh, WWE this, WWE that. Well, I just read the numbers to you. Like I said, the next five years, they're getting $3.3 billion for Raw and SmackDown. That's the number. Like I said, I don't know if they got any more for NXT. I don't know if they got any more for that FS1 show they're supposed to be in the works for. So, I mean, you can't really call none of those shows Dark Horse when they're being sold for a billion dollars and, you know, for five-year deals. So I would still go with AEW as a Dark Horse. Okay, on to the next. That was a loaded question, Aussie Lucian, man. That was a lot. Um, what do we got here? SCW Wrestling. At SCW underscore Steve. Another good guy. YouTube channel on the link. Um, on his Twitter. Twitter page gives opinions on basically everything. Kind of like I do here. Um, what are your predictions for the match card at NXT TakeOver War Games this year? Okay, I had to write this one down. So War Games comes over, comes on around November 23rd, I think it had it as. And uh, I actually believe they're in Chicago, which is pretty cool. Um, so I had, it's kind of hard to tell right now in NXT where they're going. Um, we just seen, you know, about two weeks ago, the Undisputed Era capture, finally capture all the gold on the premiere. Roderick Strong beating uh, Velveteen Dream for the... NXT North American title. So, um, this is kind of a little bit of fancy booking and a little bit of, you know, what they're telling you. So, I have uh, Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. I think they're good. they got to squash that beef at the uh, at the TakeOver War Games. Because you saw him in that street fight. Um, but nothing really happened. It kind of ended up in like a skirmish. And then you had Matt Riddle win the number one contenders match. For this Wednesday, so I, I think for some reason I think they're gonna have Killian Dane screw Matt Riddle out of it and like keep that rivalry going. I don't think they're just gonna cut that off because Matt Riddle and Killian Dane have so much good chemistry and they're two, uh, they're so fucking physical. Those two guys, man. I mean, damn, Matt Riddle could bring it, Killian Dane could take it, and uh, you know, quite quite frankly, vice versa, man. Those two are. In the ring together, you just feel that shit when those two are in the ring. And um, I think that speaks about what NXT is, man. That like that match right there is just really... That that describes NXT. If I had to have a match right now to show you, like, hey, this is NXT, oh, what's that? Fucking throw Matt Riddle and Killian Dane on, man. Because those two are just two young guys. You know, no titles involved. No, just fucking slamming each other, knocking each other in the mouth. You know, just doing the shit right, doing the shit hard, and fucking bringing it every move. 
not fucking sandbagging, dragging ass in there. And um, I'm happy for you know I'm happy for both of them. And like I said, I'd put them on the NXT Takeover card. I'd have them kick off the show. Um, as far as the war games go, so that'd be my first match. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Killing Dane. Now I'm doing Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae. Um, I didn't see a title match announced unless I missed it. But I know Candice LeRae won that Fatal 4-Way for the uh, number one contender for the NXT Women's title. So I'm assuming um, they could ha- they could take that to the takeover. So I'll do Shayna versus uh, Candice LeRae. Um, another good rivalry that's been brewing here. Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. I think I said that right. Big, tall, fucking white dude. Um, like six foot seven. Keith Lee's about like five foot tall and five foot wide, but he could fucking fight. He can move, man. And uh, it's another two is like, um, I don't know what it is about it, but they, these two just have a lot of good chemistry, and they both bring it. And um, I would love to see them go at it at a takeover. Um, next one is a bit of a kind of out of the blue match. It's just kind of more of a like I said, a little fancy booking here. So a little fancy match. I got. Uh, Mr. Grimes, I call him, that fucking Grimes kid. I got him fighting Pete Dunne just because I want to see how these two are in the ring. I want to see how these two mesh. I know everything Pete Dunne is, like, fucking great. And uh, Grimes has been really killing it on NXT. I think he's been on TV, like, two or three weeks in a row now. So they obviously have faith in him. And, you know, these last two premiere weeks, um, you know, he's been on both of them. So he's, he's been on the USA Network. So... Um, I, they they have faith in him, and I don't see why they why they wouldn't. Man, that guy is really good, and you know you throw him in there with Pete Dunne and just let him go out again. There's no titles involved, no, no nothing. Just you know, it's still October. It's not even October. It's September 30th when I'm recording this. This pay per view doesn't happen. The Takeover War Games isn't scheduled to happen until November 23rd. So they still have time to build this if they wanted to. Um, especially now being two hours, you know, on TV and the network and, you know, at that extended time, I'd love to see them do a, uh, a Grimes, uh, a Grimes versus Dunn program. Um, and that leads me to the War Games match. I think it's kind of predictable what they're going to do here. Uh, I'm getting kind of outlandish, but I'm going to do a War Games with the Undisputed Era, NXT champion Adam Cole, NXT North American champion Roderick Strong. NXT Tag Team Champions, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, that's right, all the Undisputed Era, uh, versus Velveteen Dream, Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch, and yes, the one and only Johnny Gargano, Johnny Jobber himself. I think Johnny Gargano is going to come back on one of these uh, tapings. It might be the one, I'm thinking, maybe, maybe he'll get interfered in the title match with Matt Riddle and... uh. And uh, Adam Cole, I was thinking Killian Dane, but either way, I think Gargano gets involved somehow. And not only do you have these four on four, but you have a winner takes all. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if they would pull it off, but I mean, shit, dude, you got a winner takes all with four belts on the line. Undisputed Era versus Velveteen Dream, Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch. Um, obviously, it would be the tag team there. And uh, Johnny Gargano, man. Woo. Oh, man, I, I don't know. I, I would do it if I was them. Um, I think it 
I mean, because I don't know where else you really go from here with all all four of the Undisputed Era members having belts. Now, you know, they finally fulfilled the prophecy and all that. So I think this is setting up perfectly for war games with the winner takes all, man. I mean, fuck, how much could the stakes be raised? You have all the NXT belts, you know, the men's belts, um, in one match. Um, shit, I would do it. I would have the baby faces win. I would have Johnny Gargano win the NXT title back. And at the end of the night, I would have Tommaso Ciampa return. And, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano on USA Television writes itself. It, it's written itself a million other times. And um, I would keep it going, man. I, I would have them win. Like I said, Gargano gets the belt. And uh, Tommaso Ciampa returns at the end of the night. And we are off and running. Gargano, Ciampa, once again... Sign me up. Whew. Okay. Next one is from Nicole at Piper Valentine on Twitter. She asks, as long as WWE has a deal with Saudi Arabia, which is for quite a while, I believe, will Sami Zayn ever be properly utilized and will WWE ever again promote his charity to provide mobile emergency clinics to Syria? And I don't know about the whole charity stuff, promoting this charity and that charity. I know they do the Connors Cure and the uh, Susan G. Komen thing. I don't know if they still do that. I, I know they used to. Um, I think they're on and off with that one. But as far as the other charities go, I'm not really sure. You know, I don't, I don't follow that stuff. But um, I think he. Is, I, I mean, it depends how you how you define properly utilized. I think he's be, being utilized in a really good role right here. Um, besides, like the little Undertaker squash thing that happened. Uh, probably two, three SmackDowns ago. But besides that, I mean, man, I don't know. I, I like the way they've been using Sami Zayn. Nakamura needed a mouthpiece really bad. He, you know, they, they tried to give him a chance to come in and, uh, you know, learn English and be his own guy. But it's just so freaking hard. I mean, the guy's 30, shit, I think Nakamura's like 34 or 36, you know. And he was in Japan. I mean, that's like us, you know, that's like a 34-year-old now coming from here, going to Japan and trying to, you know, cut a promo in Japanese in New Japan. It's like not, it's not going to work. It's it's going to be clunky. It's going to be clanky. So I think Sami Zayn is being utilized perfectly because he's getting so much heat. And then Nakamura is, you know, kicking the ass still. And he's still retaining the title. But Sami Zayn is getting so much heat, so much more heat. Uh, Nakamura then you know I'd argue that he's ever had um, so you know being properly utilized I don't know if you mean like a world title run or or something like that but I don't know I, I, I like the, I like the way they're using Sammy right now like I said besides that thing with Undertaker which was kind of I don't know it was kind of weird and stupid but um, other than that I, th I think uh, I think he's been using um, he's been getting used pretty good. At Mr. Peeps 7, Mr. Peep, at Mr. Peep 7, says, after last night's loss, do you think Matt Taven is done with ROH? If so, where should he go next? Um, I, I think, yeah, it seems like a lot of guys are bailing out of Ring of Honor. At, you know, they're not drawing a, a crazy amount of crowd, and now you got not only WWE, uh, but now AEW. Uh, on TV, so it's like, 
you know, the Ring of Honors and the MLWs and all that stuff, it's hard because now you just got like another another big time player on Wednesday nights. And now you really got two more big time players because instead of just Raw and SmackDown, now you have NXT thrown on USA and you have AEW thrown on TNT. So you really got like four other shows you got to compete with. Um, you know, it's tough. It, it all depends on the guy. I think, um, you know, me personally, the way that Ring of Honor is looking, I'd haul ass. I, I'd, I, you know, it depends on, like I said, it depends on who he is. If he's, I don't know, um, his whole backstory, I don't know if he's like boys with Cody and them, if he wants to go straight to AEW, or maybe he wants to give uh, WWE a shot. You know, a lot of guys do want to give WWE a shot. You see, um, you know, some guys love it. You, got, you look at guys like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and uh, Braun Strowman. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys do like it. Randy Orton's been there forever. And uh, even a guy like Kofi Kingston waited around 11 years. And now he's, you know, he's in the middle of a four- or five-month title reign, you know. Wins the title at WrestleMania. Uh, victories over Randy Orton and a big program with Brock now. So, you know, some people don't view WWE as like this evil empire that squashes all their talent and, you know, which they do sometimes. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, blind to some of the stuff they do. But also you got to give them credit where credit's due. And it's not, you know, it's not the same evil empire that's made out to be on the internet that, you know, oh, nobody wants to work there. Well, if nobody wanted to work there, then they wouldn't have all these, they wouldn't have AJ Styles. They wouldn't have Seth Rollins. They wouldn't have, uh, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura. They wouldn't have a lot of these uh, talented guys still there if nobody wanted to work there. Yeah, a few guys, you know, left and, you know, wrote out their contract or were disgruntled. And, you know, I get it. But it's not like nobody wants to work for WWE. I mean, you know, turn on the TV, man. So look at the guy. Look at the NXT. Look at all the guys there. I mean, that's WWE. No matter how much they tell you, you know, we're... We're the, we're the alternative, and we're uh, not under the umbrella or the whatever they say. Uh, it still says WWE, man, on the TV. So, um, you know, they're doing something right. So, like, like I said, if he, I don't know if he's friends with them, uh, Cody and the Bucks. You know, obviously, if he is, and he'll probably give AEW the shot at it. But, you know, some people grow up, and uh, their lifelong dream was working in NXT. Their lifelong dream is going to. Uh, you know, raw and and shaking Vince McMahon's hand, you know, or having or being signed and taking a picture with Triple H after signing a big contract. That's just, you know, a lot of guys that grew up in my era, the Attitude Era and uh, early 2000s. You know, you get to go in there and you get to wrestle with guys like Randy Orton and uh, guys like that. You know, some people want that. Um, next up, Chris Smeltzer, at Smeltzer Chris. Okay, it's backwards. It's cool. What's the chance we get Undertaker versus Sting at WrestleMania? Uh, um, I'm going to say 45% chance. I'm not going to say, just the, with the injury. And I think Undertaker will always be down, but Sting had a really bad injury the last time. I think the last time he was in the ring was that Seth Rollins match at uh, Night of Champions or Clash of Champions or uh, Night of Clashes, something like that, 
where Seth fought Cena and then he fought, you know, defended the title against Sting in the same night. I think that was his last match. He got really bad hurt, his like neck or like his upper back. Um, you know, he had to be like stretched out and stuff. So I think that was his last match, unless because I know he fought Triple H at WrestleMania, but I think that was before the Seth, or it might have been after the Seth. No, I think it was before the Seth match because then he got seriously hurt, and I haven't. Um, I don't remember seeing him. Seeing him after that, so. I don't know, you know, I think Undertaker will always be down for it. I just don't know about Sting's health. Um, I don't know if the money will be right. I think that's more of a, uh, now you say at WrestleMania, that may be more of a uh, Crown Jewel, you know, Australia, Super Showdown. That may be more of one of those shows. I, w I, I would think just to, to put that on a WrestleMania card now with all the freaking talent. You guys got, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't see them making a WrestleMania card anymore. I, and I, you know, not to say that I hope not, not to say that I don't like them both, but, um, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I really just hope not. It's so far gone, and so it's like, God, what, 15 years overdue? I mean, maybe 20 years overdue, like 1999, 2002, I guess, 2005, you probably still could have pulled it off. But now, you know, we're going to, you know, the next WrestleMania, we're going to be in 2020, guys. I mean, oof, I don't know about that one. But like I said, I, I give it that 45% chance because, like I said, I'm sure The Undertaker's always down. You know, like I said, Sting hasn't wrestled. Maybe, you know. He needs a paycheck. You know, Vince breaks out that, that checkbook. You know, how many times have we seen him with Goldberg? And uh, an Undertaker and, you know, all, the, all these guys that come back for for these uh, strange matches and storylines. Now, I give Sting credit. At least when he came back, Sting looked fucking good when he came back. I, I thought that match with Seth was really good until he got hurt. But, I mean, dude, you're talking about Seth Rollins that... I mean, shit, probably in his prime, if not, like, right before hitting his prime. And, you know, that was for the WWE title, and Sting looked fucking good to me. I don't know. He didn't look, like, you know, terrible. But, um, like I said, with that injury now, and he's been out of the ring, shit, that that, pay, that that title match against Seth was probably, like, four or five years ago. I gotta look at what year it was, but... Yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not sold on it. But, like I said, if you want those guys... You know, you want to give me a percentage of it happening? I say like forty-five percent, just, just based on knowing Vince and knowing the Undertaker and know, you know, right, right now nothing may happen, but WrestleMania time comes around and all you need is one spot to open up, or, you know, somebody gets hurt, or you know, this guy fails a drug test, or this guy doesn't want to, you know, sh doesn't want to show up and you know fight in WrestleMania, he wants out of his contract, you know, it's like oh fuck, well we need a spot to fill. Get Taker and Sting, you know what I mean? You never know with with this stuff. So, I would say 45%. Thanks for the question. That's a pretty good question. Uh, John Hammond at Lycan underscore Jedi. L-Y-C-A-N underscore Jedi. Uh, who do you think is AEW's sleeper star? And I wrote down a few. I'm not going to come out here and say Chris Jericho. Uh, fuck it, Cody Rhodes, uh, 
MJF, MJF, yeah, I know, everybody fucking says MJF, I get it, um, uh, I did a little digging, not too much digging, but, um, these are more of the guys that I like, uh, I'm gonna start with Darby Allen, I think he really went fucking ball to the wall, when he fought Cody, uh, I think it was Fight for the, f- no, it wasn't Fight for the Fallen, it might have been Fighter Fest, or Double or Nothing, fuck, I don't know. The, the the match he fought Cody in, that was a great fucking match. Um, I think it really put Darby Allen on the map for the ones who didn't have him on the map already. Um, you know, he has a little weird fucking face gimmick where he, like, paints a skull on his face and, uh, like, teeth on the outside of his mouth and shit. It's fucking weird, but guy could work. I don't know about the gimmick so much, but the guy the guy could work. I don't, I don't really know what his gimmick is. Um, I guess he's some kind of goth... Uh, goth guy or something, I don't fucking know, all I know is the guy can wrestle, and that's all I care about, um, who else did I write down, oh, my man, Luchasaurus, um, now I almost put his partner Jungle Boy on here, which I do like Jungle Boy a lot, but I think, uh, Luchasaurus is just, I don't know, there's something about him, man, it's like, he's a fucking... He's a lucha, but he's like 6'6", and he's a fucking dinosaur, like he's a saurus. So this dude's got like a dinosaur fucking mask on, and like he looks like evil and like sick and twisting his shit, but he's like a baby face. He's like, like people love him. I don't know, man, this guy, I think he could, uh, he could be a really, really surprising. Because when you first see him, it's like, oh, look at this fucking luchasaurus guy, look at this fucking idiot. With the the lizard mask on, and he's got like all kinds of shit on his arms, and ah oh, yeah, it's fucking goof. And then he gets in the ring, and it's like, oh shit, this guy could fucking move. This guy could work, you know. So I think a lot of you know I experienced it the first time I seen it, and I think even more people are gonna experience it when they hit TNT, where it's like you know ah oh, this fucking guy's carrying around Jungle Boy, and they're fucking what a eh, dumbass gimmicks, blah blah. And then when they get in the ring, it's gonna be like you know holy shit, these guys are good. Um, librarians, I think the librarians are not being talked about, you know, oh, top heels, MJF, yep, MJF gets the most heat, MJF, 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 well, guess what, you need more than one fucking heel, MJF's not gonna fight everybody, uh, no matter what he thinks, so, um, I think the librarians are right there behind MJF, you could say Jericho's the top heel, you know, I'm not, enough, Jericho's the fucking goat, I'm not talking about Jericho. I'm done with Jericho. Jericho is, is he's on his own list, the the list of goats, and it's Chris Jericho, and then that's it. It's just yeah, the list of Jericho goat, Jericho. That's it. List over. Um, but as far as the heels go, I'm you know MJF and then the librarians as a group. Now I like the I like the guy a little more because he's kind of a fucking douche. Like he, he looks like he just want to fucking knock him out. And then he's, like, telling you to shush and, like, be quiet. It's like, dude, get the fuck out of my face with that finger. Get out of here. You know, you kind of want to you kind of want to beat his ass. It's like, you know, it has the same thing as MJF with the scarves and this and that. You kind of want to, like, knock his fucking hair gel loose on MJF. Most librarians, you want to, like, knock those fucking glasses off his face. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. Tell me to shush. And Chick's pretty good, too. She's all right. She can't wrestle, but... She, she's alright. I think the gimmick's gonna get him over. 
um, and Private Party. And they remind me a lot of uh, Street Profits, but um, you know, I like Street Profits, so I like Private Party. I don't know. That's that's pretty much it. I think they're going to be uh, underrated for the um, tag team division. Do do do. Who's this guy? Dinah Raw Wrestling Podcast at Buddy Locks two zero nine at Buddy Locks L O C S two zero nine. Says outcome of the Undertaker B S Hogan at WWE Saudi. I think he means the outcome of the Undertaker versus Hogan. Um, well, uh, Dinah Raw. Uh, what's your ad name? Buddy Locks. Well, Buddy Locks. Um, I, I know they're both being advertised to being there. I don't know if they're going to actually fight. I don't think Hulk Hogan could have a match. I think that's why you didn't see him get really physical at that uh, Raw reunion they had here in Tampa. I, I, I'm not really sure... Hogan could be cleared. I know there was some problems with that before the Raw reunion. Is there? I think they were trying to pitch a uh, an angle with Hogan getting physical with somebody here. You know, uh, you know, not have a match, but do you know some kind of bumps or whatever. And uh, WWE doctors wouldn't clear him. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're gonna have a match, man. I, I I know they're both being advertised on that Saudi commercial that was leaked around the internet. In the Twitter sphere, but um, yeah, I mean, if they were to have a match, I think Hogan's going over, brother, because these 24 inch pythons are gonna run wild in Saudi Arabia, and we're gonna take all your oil, and we're gonna take all your money, and we're gonna go back to the States, brother. Lex is love. At LexLove2000. Uh, regarding the current tag team booking in at WWE, what do you think it will take to restore the glory and significant days of acts such as LOD, Legion of Doom, for you jobbers, the original, all caps, Hardy Boys, or Acolytes? What do you think it will take to restore the significant day? Um... Well, the one thing that screams about uh, out at me when you say LD Hardy Boys Acolytes, you need they're they're tag teams, and you believe they were tag teams. You believe obviously the Hardys were brothers, but you believe these guys were um, brothers. You look at Edge and Christian, you look at the Dudleys, you look at the Hardys. You know uh, Farouk and Bradshaw, uh, fucking uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn. You know you look at those guys. And, you know, you thought, you know, not that they were, not all of them were brothers, but that they were, you know, close-knit. They were as close as brothers. Now, with these tag teams, even when you see the Bobby Roode and the uh, Dolph Ziggler, you know, you see a lot of these tag teams just thrown together. They're pushing these tag teams because they're like, well, we don't have nothing for Bobby Roode. We don't have nothing for Dolph. So let's put them together and now they're tag champs, you know. Now, I, I think they do still have a lot of that with the New Day, with the uh, Revival, with the, um, even though they're not used, with the Authors of Pain, um, Street Profits. Um, you know, they have a lot of these tag teams that are legit, uh, you know, legitimate tag teams that are just 
tag teams. They're not going to break up in three months, and they weren't just thrown together in two weeks. You know? So, you know, the problem with that is it's not that they don't have them. It's that they're not putting the time into these tag teams that they should be. Uh, you know, now the Revival is still getting a good run, like the uh, the club, Gals and Anderson. I mean, so you have the, the Usos should be coming back here soon. Um, the uh, the bullshit and gossip that, you know, pops up on my phone says the Usos are coming back uh, sometime within the next week or month or whatever. So... You know, you have these real true tag teams, like, but but you need more of them, and you need um, Undisputed Era is a great one. Kyle Fish, <laughs> Kyle Fish, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. You know, those two look as close as fucking brothers, and they're believable. You know, they're not just some thrown together fucking tag. Gargano and Ciampa, when they were DIY, they they're legit fucking best friends. You know, Ciampa was in Gargano's wedding. You know, it's like. You know, there's one thing. It's not just uh, oh, this guy, they're tag team, they're tag team. Right? You gotta have to to make it mean something. You gotta have people invested in it. You gotta have the uh, actual legitimate fucking tag teams. Because if nobody believes it, you know, if nobody believes three months from now, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler are gonna be a tag team. Hell, they might not even be on TV because they weren't on TV before this. Well, Dolph was a little bit, if you want to count that shit he did with Kofi, which you know meant nothing. But, um, you know, that even the thing with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, or Chad Gable's running around in a fucking robe. Like, it's just, it's dumb. You gotta have these actual, legitimate, real tag teams, the Revival, the New Day, the Usos, AOP, which is not even fucking, still not being used, besides some bullshit segments and, you know, bullshit fucking videotapes. Um, who else did I say? Undisputed Era, Street Profits. You know, I just rattled off six right there, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm fucking missing more. The Shield, when they, you know, when they came in, when you know, when they had the tag belts, they were, you know, the, the Hounds of Justice, the Shield. You know, they were a real fucking tag team, a real trio. Um, you know, you go back to Evolution with Batista and Ric Flair. Yeah, it was a weird pairing, but they they were they were a fucking family in Evolution. They still are. You know, so I think the biggest thing, the, the world's greatest tag team, Benjamin and Haas, I still think you could fucking have Jason Jordan and Chad Gable as American Alpha. That looked like a real fucking tag team, two legitimate dudes who could throw you on your ass and, and you know, fucking shoot on your ass. But, you know, they don't, they have these some legitimate tag teams, but then they throw these other tag teams together and it's like... It's not believable, and then people, you know, when people don't believe it, they don't get invested into it, and, you know, like you, like your last tag champions have been Seth and Braun, and uh, now Rude and Dolph, and then, you know, who's who's going to be next, you know, it's hopefully like an AOP, or, you know, they moved the Revival over to SmackDown with those belts. But, um, you know, hopefully a real tag team. Or are they going to fucking throw together, you know, some, some random team together to beat Rude and Dolph and Rude and Dolph are going to go away. You know, there's no consistency. I think the biggest thing back then was, you know, you had real teams. You had real 
guys who only fought either in teams or when they had a singles match, the guys were on the outside. They didn't break off for two months to go fight for the WWE belt or the IC belt or whatever. You know, if you were a tag team, you were in a tag team, you were in a tag division, and you went after the tag belts, and that was it. You didn't just do it for three or four months, and then, oh, we lost the belts, fuck it, I'm out. We're, we're, we're done. You know, it's, it's corny. How many more fucking questions do I got? God damn. Did that. Alright. I got a few more questions left. I got to take a break. Uh, I have about three or four more questions left. So um, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I will be back in a minute. Hey guys, are you tired of drafting a, the same team and sticking with that same team all year, every year? Just stuck with the bad injuries if you have, uh, in this case... Like this year, if you have a Tyree Kill or a Saquon Barkley, those high, high draft picks get injured, and then they're just taking up an IR spot, sitting on your bench for weeks, months of the season. Well, you don't have to worry about that with Daily Fantasy Sports, DFS. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard about the DraftKings, the FanDuels. Um, I think Yahoo offers it now. There's so many ways to do this uh, Daily Fantasy stuff where you, you, know, you go in there, you draft your team, a new team every week, um, as long as you fit the salary cap. And I'm talking about this because I want to introduce you guys, if you guys haven't heard already, about the uh, Bankster DFS. These guys are so awesome. They give you not only lines to, to enter in your, in your contest, you can mimic the lines if you want, or they also offer uh, articles, uh, player pools on every single slate. Like tonight, I'm recording on Monday, so that... They have all articles written up and all player pools um, written up and sorted out just for tonight's Monday night game, Steelers and the Bengals. And they do this for every slate, guys. The Thursday night games, the Sunday night games, the Monday night games, the big slates with the uh, 1 o'clock games, it's usually 12, 13 games, the 4 o'clock games, the all-day slates, every slate, every... Um, every uh, Contest, you know, the, the, the double ups, the 50 50s, the big uh, guaranteed prize pools, the GPPs, as they're called in the uh, DFS world. They do it all, man. And not only football, they do MLB, they do NHL, they do NBA, they do tennis, they do golf, they do everything. If it's available on DraftKings or FanDuel or any of that stuff, then these guys have a line for it. They have a section for it in their Slack chat. In their group and um, to get in this slack chat to get in this group hit up banksterdfs.com or just go ahead and follow my man Doug at at banksterdfs that's at banksterdfs on Twitter um, it's pretty simple man you get in contact with them you sign up $3.99 a week guys $3.99 a week that's 16 bucks a month and uh, I mean if you go on this page and it speaks for itself you see some of the winnings these guys bring back whether it's from football or hockey or baseball. I mean, like I said, these guys cover all the sports. So go hit them up, uh, Bankster, at Bankster DFS, or go hit up the website, BanksterDFS.com, and you'll get to sign up quick and easy, $3.99 a week, and tell them the Wyman Podcast sent you. All right, we're back here. We're going to get back to some of the questions, part of this Wyman wheelhouse. 
number six. Um, got ones in the DMs, going down in the DM. With my man Tom Scully, at Tom Scully, says, Hey, Craig, great to see you back. Thank you. AEW will certainly have a surprise on Wednesday to turn some heads. What do you think that will be? Now, I thought about this for a while, and the biggest uh, surprise sort of thing that's um, being advertised anyway is they're having a six-man tag match with Kenny Omega uh, and the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, versus the AEW heavyweight champion of the world, Chris Jericho, and two mystery partners. So right off the bat, I'm thinking, well, that has to be um, the main event, in my opinion. Not only is your AEW heavyweight champion in it, but you also have this two mystery partners, so you should be teasing that all night. Keep the people involved, keep the people tuned in. Um, and I thought a lot about it at first. When this was first announced, I thought it would be the Revival, but obviously they're now the SmackDown tag champions, and they seem to be... Um, you know, reinvigorated into the WWE storylines. Then I was thinking Gals and Anderson. And then, of course, they got paired up with AJ Styles to form the OC, the original club, the only club that matters, of course. Um, so now I'm just thinking, man, uh, you know, everybody's saying CM Punk and this and that, but it's like, um, CM Punk would be cool, but then do you really want to throw him in like a six-man tag with Jericho, who's kind of like the heel champion, when CM Punk's obviously going to come back as like a babyface, um, at least at first, <sighs> excuse me, so I don't know about the whole CM Punk thing right off the bat, um, man, I, I think it would be cool, I think it would at least be cool to not only bring in a tag team that you know a tag team of their own so you have Jericho and Omega going at it and then you have a tag team to go against the Young Bucks a team with Jericho so I think it should be two guys a tag team and um, I, I'm thinking the Hardys man I'm thinking Jeff and Matt Hardy I don't know their contract situations but they haven't been on TV in a few months now so um, I think it would just be cool just to see Kind of like the old school and new school, like the, you know, Jericho and the Hardys versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, kind of like, you know, a younger version of the Hardys, um, you know, Nick and Matt Jackson. Um, and it'll be cool to see the Hardys. Maybe they do, they come back and they do their delete thing and the Willow and the Brother Nero thing, um, you know, all that stuff they're doing in TNA. So, you know, I just, other than that, I don't really see anything else that would have AEW turning heads unless they have a big, um, another big debut. Maybe CM Punk does debut just as a singular guy. Um, you know, that would obviously be huge, but I don't think they're going to blow their load here in the first, uh, you know, TV. Because, you know, now it's a weekly thing, man. This is a weekly thing now, here on out. So you can't just come out and, oh, this guy's back and that guy's back and here's your mystery partners for Jericho. And this. You know, you can't have six surprises in one night because then, well, those six surprises in one night you could have spread out through the next six months or a year, you know, but, you know, over pay-per-views and shit like that. So I think you keep it simple, especially if it's only a two-hour show, which I think it is. I believe it's only two hours um, on TNT. So you don't want to overwhelm the audience because then, you know, things start losing their luster. So I think have your advertised matches. 
you know, I know MJF's advertised for a match. I know Cody's advertised for a match. Um, obviously, the six-man tag we talked about. Um, I believe the women's title is actually being decided, too. Um, I wrote it down here somewhere. Yeah, Nala Rose versus Rio over the women's belt. Uh, Hangman versus Pac, which is like, holy shit, that's like a pay-per-view match right there. Um, you know, so... Uh, you know, Moxley, John Moxley should be there. Maybe he's just cutting some promos, or maybe he'll have an impromptu match or something to do. Um, I don't really see him teaming with Jericho, because then he's still, you know, we got to find a third guy. And not only that, but Moxley's kind of like his own dude. I don't think he would uh, team up with Jericho, even though he has had beef with Kenny Omega in the past, but I think now they're really gearing towards Jericho and Omega. So that's why I'm kind of leaning, you know, have Jericho and Omega then have a tag team um my pick originally like i said was the revival but they pretty much settled into wwe for now so uh i think it'd be cool just to see the hardys come back and um kind of like you know the original hardys versus like the newer hardys in the young bucks next has a question there tom good old uh tom scully good um Good fan, fan of the show. Is always following, always asking questions, and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I don't think. Um, trying trying to think of who else would be a real big surprise, man. I don't know. Um, I, I, like I said, I see the CM Punk thing and the Moxley thing, and um, you know, it just it just wouldn't be. You don't want to have a guy like CM Punk debut and then. Uh, all of a sudden, he's in. He's thrown in a six-man tag. It's kind of. It'd be kind of weird. Um, you know, if you ask me. I'm trying to. Um, trying to think what else they would really do. I mean, a two-hour show. It's hard to. Hard to get a million surprises in there. For the. Uh, for the. The AEW Dynamite, as it is, as it's been called. Um, who was oh yeah, this was a good one. Who is? Uh, who's your first? Uh, sorry, it's from Get You Wrestling Podcast at Get You Podcast. He said, "Who's your first pick of the WWE Draft?" Hashtag Wyman Wheelhouse, and in parentheses it says all shows. Okay, um, I think that one's pretty easy for me. I think I gotta go with Bray Wyatt on this one. Just him and his whole Fiend character. I mean, oof. I mean, I don't know anyone who's hotter right now. I mean, so interesting. Everything that Firefly Funhouse music hits, and everybody is just glued to that Titan Tron. Um, I remember when it was frowned upon to have, you know, fans would complain about the Titan Tron and. Oh, no action's happening in the ring, and we're staring at a Titan Tron all night, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like that Firefly Funhouse music hits, and you're like glued to that shit. And he hasn't even been in the ring, you know? And we obviously know he's a great worker. Um, you know, he, he could wrestle his ass off still in the young, you know, stages of his career. No major injuries that I know of. Um, you know, man, big, bad dude. 
you know, the, the, the Bray Wyatt gimmick and then the Fiend alter ego gimmick. And I, I don't know, man, if I'm starting a thing, you could have your, uh, Seth Rollins and your, uh, you know, I, you know, I, okay, you can make an argument for AJ Styles, but AJ Styles is up there in age. You know, I'm taking this as like a, uh, like a true brand, like rebrand draft, like, you know, I'm the true GM of this team, of this, you know, I'm the true GM of Raw, or the true GM of SmackDown. You know, you're picking one, I'm picking Bray. I mean, I don't really know anyone who's close. I mean, everything he does is interesting. Everything he does is fucking red hot. Whether it's the Bray gimmick with the puppets or the Fiend gimmick, you know, it's just everything he does is just red fucking hot. And, um, I, I can't even think of anyone who's really close right now. Like I said, you could give me an AJ, uh, Styles if you want. If you want to talk like pure in-ring ability and, and say, you know, Daniel Bryan or Seth Rollins or even Kevin Owens, you know, those are all, those are all, you know, good. They're, they're good, but man, that Bray Wyatt right now, no one's touching him. Those Firefly Funhouse promos, uh, I mean... His his facial expressions, his tone, his um, even the mandible claws he's doing with the lights, and he's he's hitting his spots perfectly. You know that he knows when the lights shining on him and the lights not shining on him, and when he can get in and out of the ring, and he just everything he's doing is just fucking spot on, man. And um, I'm a huge Bray Wyatt mark, I, you know I'll admit it. So you know maybe you know take this whatever you want to say, but man I don't. Nothing else pops on the TV. Even when Kevin Owens comes out, it's not like... I'm not intrigued. Now, maybe it's the Shane McMahon storyline. Maybe it's, you know, same thing with AJ Styles. Maybe it's, you know, the kind of bullshit fucking U.S. title thing they're doing. It's kind of weird. He's not really, um, like, in a rivalry with anybody. I know he defended against Cedric Alexander at uh, Clash of Champions. But it's not like, you know, it just... I don't know, man. Everything Bray does is just fucking red, fucking hot, man. And uh, I, I think he's going to keep going with it for a long time. Even if he doesn't win the belt to Hell in a Cell. Uh, and I don't think, I've said it before, I don't think he needs a belt. I, I You know, I put it up for him versus Brock. Just, uh, you know, I, you know I, I, I had the theory of him costing, instead of Brock cashing in and winning, I had him... You know, Brock cashing in and then Bray interfering. Setting up Bray and Brock for, uh, you know, I think it was SummerSlam or Survivor Series or whatever. Because those are, you know, Bray doesn't need a belt with this gimmick, man. He's so fucking red hot. Um, so there you go, Get Chew. Um, at Get Chew Podcast. Yeah, man. Good question. And if uh, my first pick would definitely be. Uh, Bray Wyatt. I don't think there's any more questions. Let me double check. That one, that one. Do yep, that's it. Okay, so that's it, guys. It was a really good uh, Wyman wheelhouse. I thought. Really appreciate all the questions, and the comments, and DMs, um, the retweets, and the likes. I definitely do appreciate. Spread the word. Keep listening. Remember, if you're interested in uh, DraftKings, uh, FanDuel, any of that stuff, gambling picks, go follow us at 
Sackin' Bucks, S-A-C-K-N Bucks on Twitter and go follow at BanksterDFS and go fill, go check out their website, BanksterDFS.com. $3.99 a week gets you articles, player pools, actual put-together lines for you. All you got to do is look at the line and you put the guys in and you win money, usually. Um, you know, like I said, it's gambling, it's, you know, it's DFS, it's not a guarantee, but these guys do really well. Just go out, just go on the Twitter page and check them out, man. They retweet all the results, all the winners, and all shit like that. I mean, you know, we got winners across all sports, so go check that out. And as, as far as I'm concerned, I do have a second podcast I will be um, a part of. Yes, yes, I know. I just took a month-long break from my first one. I'm already heading on a second one. But I will be a part of the new Squared Circle Countdown. That's at Squared Top 10 on Twitter, guys. This is going to be pretty cool for my buddy EJ. Um, you can actually go follow him at Go Home Wrestling on Twitter as well. But my buddy EJ came with me with this idea. He's had um, 10 best matches slash moments of the week so segments promos matches you know just basically the 10 best things uh going on in wrestling from the week and we're going to cover um you know raw smackdown nxt and AEW. i believe we agreed on so far you know so you know give us a break it's you know it's still four shows you know i know you guys want you know some of you guys want your new japan and your ring of honor and uh listen it's hard okay we got <laughs> We got uh, four shows we're going to be covering. So, um, you know, WWE, three of them being WWE, of course. So that's what it's going to be called. Square Circled Countdown. Squared Circle Countdown at Squared Top 10 on Twitter. Um, go follow us and go follow my man EJ at Go Home Wrestling. Um, I am at Wyman Podcast 1. And, um,. That will be starting October 6th, Sunday. So we're going to be covering, like I said, we're going to be covering the Monday. So we're going to start with tonight's Raw. We're going to be covering, so that Raw, that SmackDown, that AEW, that NXT. Four shows. And we're going to be covering all, um, a recapping up all on the 6th of Sunday. Now, I know the 6th is Hell in a Cell. Well, it's cool because on Mondays, after pay-per-views, we're also going to be doing a pay-per-view show. Which isn't going to be quite a top 10. It'll probably be more of like a top 3 or top 5, whatever. But um, we'll probably add more if there's like an AEW pay-per-view with the WWE pay-per-view. Like on the same weekend, like Saturday, Sunday, boom, boom. Or, or like a TakeOver and then a WrestleMania or a TakeOver and then a SummerSlam, you know, whatever. But um, as of right now, so like for instance, so next Monday we will be recording the... Um, you know, top moments and matches of Hell in a Cell. So, check it out. October 6th, Sunday, 10 best moments, matches of the week. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, I believe it's called. And um, then Monday, you know, we'll sort all that stuff out from there. But go follow us at Squared Top 10 and check us out. Until then, guys, I'll see you. Sometime during the week, I'll do another show before I get into that square circle countdown. Don't you guys worry. But until then, enjoy this crazy week of wrestling, beginning with Raw tonight, and I'll catch you guys later on. Hey guys, right now I want to talk about gambling. Okay, we all gamble, especially now football season, the biggest season, the biggest sport 
um, gambling-wise for America. Americans love to gamble on their football, their favorite teams, their bad teams, the over, the unders, the, the minus sevens and the plus eights, and all that crazy stuff. Listen, me and a partner have opened up this gambling, it's not a website, it's more of a, just an account, um, giving away picks, giving away um, not only NFL picks, but we do college football. We're going to get rolling here into uh, NBA and NHL once that kicks off. We also even do WWE picks, believe it or not, the, um, from the websites that do offer lines on all the WWE uh, pay-per-view events. And um, just go give us a follow at Sack and Bucks. That's S-A-C-K-N, the letter N, and then Bucks, all one thing, at Sack and Bucks. Go contact us. We All our picks are exclusive through Bankster, or you could sign up with us. So you can get our pick straight from us. Or if you want to get that uh, Bankster deal we talked about before, the the Bankster DFS, the $3.99 a week, get you the articles, get you the player pools, get you all the lines for your DraftKings and your FanDuel's, and also get you our picks, um, the, the Sack and Bucks picks. Right now, in total, we are since now this is since the beginning of college football. So about it's been about a month since late August. We are right now today on September 30th, which I'm recording this, 68 and 49. That's a 58% hit rate, guys. Plus 41 units. We're also hitting college football by uh, by itself, 47 and 29, 61% hit rate, plus 43 units. And this is a wrestling podcast for you, wrestling fans. We are also two and one in WWE. Um, but again, it comes with, you could, you could get our picks separate, come, uh, you know, message us on Twitter or wherever you want to do that. Or you could th- go through the Bankster. You sign up with Bankster, $3.99 a week. You get the articles, the player pools, the DraftKings, the FanDuel lines, and our picks, which right now, last month, the last month, guys, 68 and 49, hitting at a 58% hit rate that, um... You know, we could be living in Vegas if we if we had that kind of money to bet. But like I said, plus forty one units. So a hundred dollar better. A hundred dollar better guys is up four thousand one hundred dollars. That's right, plus forty one units right now. So go ahead, follow us at Sack and Bucks and message us if you want to just get our picks. We'll be happy to hook you up with those. If not, if you want our picks plus all the awesome, awesome DFS content that Bankster offers, um, like I've said before, go follow at Bankster DFS and visit the BanksterDFS.com website, and you will be signed up. Uh, I mean, it takes probably about five minutes to get set up. Three ninety nine a week. You can't beat it, guys. So go check us out at Sack and Bucks on Twitter and at Bankster DFS.